It is the Pastor's Heart and Dominic Steele and how can male senior pastors have better relationships with women on their ministry teams? Claire Deeves is our guest. We are talking today about churches, teams and female team members where really everybody involved shares complementarian convictions and yet in those contexts there are stories suggesting that relationships between some senior pastors and women on the teams have been strained and sometimes have broken down completely. And as a result, there's been a massive cost to the individual, the staff team, the churches and to gospel work. Claire Deves has just completed her PhD studying working relationships between women employed in complementarian ministry teams and the senior pastor who they work with. Claire serves as the assistant minister at Callaroo Anglican Church in Perth and lectures in church history at Trinity Theological College in Perth. And a hundred years ago, she and I were undergraduate, well, we were in an undergraduate Bible study group together at university, and it is lovely to have you with us, Claire. It's nice to be here. Thanks, Dominic. Now, I'm imagining, Claire, that your pastor's heart for this whole question of women on staff teams uh, first arose Mm. out of a concern for some Christian sisters when you heard about relational breakdowns and pain. Is is that right? Yeah, that is right. Uh, I was full-time at that point at Trinity Theological College, and I'd gone there because I wanted to train women for gospel ministry. And over and over again, what I was hearing was that it wasn't working, and there didn't seem much point training them for a thing that wasn't working Um, and the stories that I was hearing were devastating. Mm -hmm. So the PhD was an attempt to do something to try and help that. Mm. Yeah. What did you find out? What did I find? That's a broad question. (laughs) I mean, is it the case that, I mean, that every relationship is a disaster or... <laughs> Not at all. No, I, it was pleasing to find that a number of women have had really positive relationships with their senior pastors. There are a good number of ministry teams that are highly functional, encouraging places to work. Uh, so on the good side, it was perhaps more positive than I thought it would be. Um, but the pain when it goes wrong is extraordinary, I think. Uh, and that came clear became clear as I interviewed people uh, that... When it goes wrong, uh, women lose not just their job, but their job and their church family and sometimes their house and almost always their confidence uh, all at the same time. And Mm. so it's devastating for the individual. It's devastating for the churches to have that kind of thing happen. So there is enormous pain, uh, but it's not always going wrong. Mm -hmm. So the pain, though, is is enough that we don't want it to keep going wrong. So I guess we've got the good, the middle, and the bad. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's right. What percentages are good, what percentages are middle, and what percentages are bad? Uh, because it's a qualitative study with a non-scientific uh, sample, I, I can't give you percentages that are accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, within the people I spoke to, uh, oh, look, half of them would have been good and the other half divided between sort of ambiguous and negative. Um, relationships, but some of the ambiguous ones, the, the thing that didn't work was such that it still ended up in resignation. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Now, as I read your study, um, a lot seemed to come back to me to the, um, the, the heart, the character, the skills of the senior pastor. A lot of it is on us as senior pastors. Yeah, I think that's right. Partly that's because I interviewed the women. 
uh, and we do need someone to go and do the other half of the study, which is to interview the blokes, to find out what role the women can play in helping their relationship to work. But because of the nature of my study, yeah, it was the, the women indicating for them what they needed from the senior pastor. Okay. We've got a lot of senior pastors watching, listening to us now. Yep. What's the message you want to send on behalf of some of those women? Yeah, I think, uh, and I think not just women, I think probably all associates, what Mm -hmm. they're looking for is to be in genuine gospel partnership with the person that they're working with. Uh, So they want to be, they want to know where they're going and be doing something together with the senior pastor, Um, which in big terms boils down to uh, being able to make some sort of valuable contribution. So a valuable contribution, both in the sense that it's substantial, they're not doing token work, there's something um, meaty that they can get stuck into, and in the sense that it's valued. Uh, so I really, if there's one thing not to do, it's to sort of employ a children's worker so that you never have to think about children's work again mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can just leave them alone. You want to do it in partnership uh, and you want to show that you value that contribution. So you want the women want to be able to make a valued contribution uh, they need to have a voice, so the opportunity to speak and to be heard when they are speaking, um, so that to be in the room when decisions are being made, to have the opportunity to to be part of decision-making. Uh, and then there needs to be some element of personal relationship. The biggest part of that is actually that the senior pastor shows some concern for them as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, if you've got those three big things, then they together add up to a a gospel partnership. Mm -hmm. And if they're functioning, then you'll probably be okay. Mm. Um, What you've just said sounds like what one would say about any staff member. Yep. And what one would say if it was an egalitarian team as well as a complementarian team? Probably. Where does it play out differently if she's a woman and I'm a man and if we're both complementarian rather than egalitarian? Yeah, that's a good question. I expected that it would be more gendered than it was uh, and it's just not. That's the reality. So as the woman was speaking, gender didn't seem to be the biggest thing and I think sometimes we're of the impression that there's some secret source in a mixed gender team and working with women's confusing and we mm-hmm. sort of buy into that men are from Mars and women are from Venus. Mm-hmm. But actually, there's just not that much difference. Um, where it plays out differently and where it plays out differently than in an egalitarian setting is probably in each of those three elements, there are particular different, different places that they'll rub, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. So, so, for example, making a substantial contribution, what that contribution will be will be different because we're complementarian. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it might be harder to work out exactly what her contribution is going to be because it's not going to be as simple as, well, you take that congregation and mm-hmm. go and run with it. Uh, so, so it plays out differently, but both of the, both men and women want to make a substantial contribution. I think the other place that it's really different is when something goes wrong. Uh, so one of the factors in terms of the senior pastor's skill set, if I'm going to make a, a valuable contribution of some kind then I need to know what it is we're trying to do and what you want me to do. And so the senior pastor needs to have some kind of plan, be able to organise our efforts around that plan and, and communicate the plan. Mm-hmm. If he can't do that, like let's say we're on a staff team and we don't really know where we're going, 
I imagine an associate bloke feels a little bit more comfortable saying, all right, well, I'll, I'll step into the role for my congregation and I'll set a direction mm-hmm. or I'll, I'll, I'll sort of help him get us, get us mm-hmm. working in that direction. Complementary women won't. She's just stuck. And so it probably affects her more than it affects the bloke, even though what they need is the same thing. Mm, that's super helpful. You, right towards the end of your PhD, had a diagram, which we'll put up on the screen there. But um, uh, you talk about partnership being yes. the big word. That's the thing. But then around along the bottom of the diagram, and people watching can see it on the screen there, um, there's ministry skills, strategy and organization, structures and roles, communication, conflict management, and relational skills. And it feels to me like you're, you're speaking into that diagram at the moment. Yeah, almost everything I have to say is in that diagram. Okay. <laughs> if you understand that diagram, you've got the whole bottle really. Well, explain it to yeah. me. <laughs> so uh, you'll see halfway up the diagram, there's those three big things I just talked about. So a valuable contribution and having a voice, the personal relationship. All of those things, though, are not just good intentions. The, the senior pastor needs some skills to make that happen. So how you, your ability to organise the roles in your team uh, so that everyone knows what they're supposed to be doing plays straight into someone's opportunity to make a substantial contribution. If, if I don't really know what I'm supposed to be doing or if I keep tripping over somebody else in my job, my ability to make that valuable contribution's massively diminished. And, and it may not be because... The senior pastor thinks I'm incapable of a substantial contribution. It's just that he hasn't communicated what it is that mm-hmm. he wants me to do. Um, or similarly, uh, if, if you're working on your own in a church and you decide on Saturday night to throw out the plan for the Sunday service and do something different, that's probably okay. But if you do that with a team, it's really frustrating. Mm. <laughs> so, so those organisational skills uh, again play into how do I make a how do I make a significant role if I've been working on something for four weeks and then you change your mind about whether we're going to do that or not? And and the difficult thing is I do have my best ideas at the last minute. I just wish I could have my best ideas earlier. Yeah. And so I think... (laughs) Or discipline myself to throw out that brilliant idea. Yeah, it's that one. Like you've had a great idea and and good on you, but that's sad for you and you can't make that someone else's problem. Um, You can sometimes maybe, but if it happens all the time, it's just insanely frustrating Mm. to do that. Um, the other one, like with having a voice, at some, some staff teams are so big that you've, you can't have just one staff meeting. Mm. You've got to have two levels of meeting. Well, who's in that meeting and how you organise that? So, again, your ability to work out your, your strategy, your communication, um, the roles people have and your meeting structures plays directly into whether or not women on staff have a voice in the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all those background things that are not sort of, we don't think of them as the main things in ministry, are skills probably that a senior pastor over a team needs that a pastor on his own doesn't need. Mm. Needs them to some extent because you're always working mm-hmm. with church members, but with staff you, you just you need them even more. It all comes under things they never taught in New Testament 3. You know? <laughs> no, and, and I don't think your initial theological training is the place to do it. I think yeah. it needs to be you do that, you, you go and cut your teeth in ministry, but before you're a senior minister we do need a bit more training. Mm. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sorry, oh, that yeah. feels like a free hit, so I'll take it. Um, 
And if you have a go at being a senior pastor, you've done well as an associate, someone calls you, and, and it turns out not to be your thing, that's okay. Mm. Like, do something else. It, it's not a character flaw to not have those skills. It's not a godliness issue to not have those skills, and not everyone's got them. You mm. can be absolutely suited for ministry and not be suited to being a senior pastor. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um. You talk about the importance of a positive feedback loop. The senior pastor makes these decisions. He takes certain actions. And it doesn't matter if it's not in his relationship with her. They feed into her experience of the role. And if, if his decisions feed positively into her experience of the role, then then that'll be positive. That'll build trust. That'll, that'll build confidence in the senior pastor. Then you've got a sense of mutual partnership the relationship's positive and it just keeps feeding back on itself. You've got a positive relationship, so his decisions are, are positive and it keeps it keeps mm-hmm. building on itself. So you did see people getting into, if you like, positive spirals in relationship and negative spirals in relationship. Oh, yeah, I think so. I think one of the things that we would want to do, if a relationship's going wrong, you really want to get onto that early um, and work out where is the... Where is the issue? Because once once you're spiralling down, it's pretty hard to to stop that. I think certainly once you're in a formal process, it's probably all over. Mm. Formal processes don't usually work. Um, so yeah, you want to start early before you're feeding back negatively. Mm. Yeah. What's the word? I mean, I know you didn't study this. But you must have speculated a little on, you've given us the words for senior pastors. Yeah. What's your word of advice for the women? Yeah. Um, my word of advice for the women, and, and we do, this is why we do need a bloke to do the other half mm-hmm. of the research. Um, but I think for the women, what I would hope is if they come across this research, it helps them to look and say, the frustration I'm feeling is this, mm-hmm. right? It's this really concrete thing. And then you can have a constructive conversation about it. Dominic, I'm, I'm struggling in my job and it's because I've got 15 tasks but none of them are substantial. Can we do something about that? That's a positive conversation yeah. and helps the senior pastor to be able to do something about mm-hmm. it. Um, but I think too, it did come out. I mean, all of the women, the ones who had very negative relationships did say, they don't need the senior pastor to be perfect. So, so the women... Uh, do, I think, and do need to show considerable grace to their senior pastors. It's a very hard job. Uh, but where they can articulate what it is that they need early on, I think that will help mm. enormously. In hindsight, did they think, actually, now I think back, it was probably there in the job interview, the red, the warning signs, and I didn't spot them? Sometimes and sometimes not. Yeah, so there were some things. Uh, there are job descriptions that on paper are ridiculous um, and it's probably best to terminate the process at that point or at least to renegotiate the job description. But, no, there are others where they came out of the interview thinking, yeah, this will, this will be good, and then it just the interview almost consisted of the things we all know are good to say, mm-hmm. but in practice it didn't turn out that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So no, the, the red flags aren't all there in the in the interview. Mm. Um, were there any differences between the male team members' experiences and the female ones? Yeah. Well, I didn't interview the blokes, so I'm I'm guessing that they're pretty similar. What was surprising was just how 
how little gender came up. So we need to talk about complementarianism. That came up. We're, we're still working out how to implement that. We need positive conversations about it. Um, but just as I think through those big building blocks, it's just hard for me to imagine a bloke thinking, oh, yeah, I'm happy to not make a substantial contribution, never be heard and have a senior pastor who hates me. You know, like, <laughs> like it, just, <laughs> it just sounds like they're the things that are going to work <laughs> for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Let me drill down some more on these various points then. True partnership is key. Yes. Um, the valuable contribution, the voice heard, and the measure of personal relationship with the senior pastor. So, I mean, we hear stories of... Um, people falling out of ministry for getting too emotionally close to team members of the opposite sex. And so therefore, choosing to be potentially more distant um, as a safeguard with team members of the opposite sex. Where's the sweet sauce there? Uh, I don't know that I'd want to put a formula up for that. Uh, But I do think if you relate to women on team as though they are obviously a potential source of problem, that's not going to be good for a relationship. So there's there's some sort of line between wisdom and and really overreacting against Mm. a a potential danger that that may never Mm. really realise itself. Uh, all of the women are aware of it as well. I think that's an important thing to say. But in terms of the personal relationship, um, uh, one of the women who, who kept a diary sort of said, oh, I, think, I think our relationship would be helped if we did a little bit more socially, uh, mm-hmm. her with, with he and his wife. And what she meant was dinner once a year is what mm-hmm. she said. So we're not talking about a lot, mm-hmm. um, nor are we talking about the really close relationship that that gets to that, you know, no, but how are you kind of really? We're not Mm. not talking, but how was your weekend? Yeah. You know, oh, I heard you say last week that your your dad was sick. How's he going? Yeah. We're not talking about really intense, close personal relationship, just some sort of interest. So the person doesn't feel like a tool in the senior pastor's toolkit that they care about as much as you care about your hammer, mm-hmm. right? They're a person mm. and there's some sort of care as a person. I think before he's your boss, your senior pastor's your brother. And your pastor. And your pastor. Yeah. And so there ought to be some element of brother and pastor in the relationship. Yeah, but it, but it doesn't have to be super intense. Personality fit? Yeah, personality fit was interesting because it's neither nothing nor everything. So obviously there were some good relationships where people had good personality fits. There's nothing complicated about that. Um, But there were some bad relationships where there were good personality fits and there were some good relationships where there were quite difficult personality fits. So it's it's not everything, it's not nothing. Um, The relationships that went wrong, none of those women described a really good personality fit, but it's hard to know whether once it's gone wrong, you just go off each other, mm-hmm. <laughs> or whether they started without a personality fit. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So it it helps, um, but could you could you employ someone with whom you don't have an easy personality fit? Yeah, you could and make it work, but you, you just have to work at it a little mm. bit. Um, and I think in Christ, uh, we don't want to just be with people like us. So, mm-hmm. and you know, you want that diversity on the team. If you only ever employ people like you, that's probably a bit of a dud. Uh, but 
but you'd, you'd want to be aware. If you don't have a personality fit, you'll, you'll have to work a little bit harder. Mm. Yeah. Did you notice any differences in the sizes of teams? Look, again, probably not enough women to answer that question particularly. Once teams were very big, there were a, a unique set of problems. Hmm. So once you've, once you've got to the point where... When even, you say very big, what are you meaning? Uh, any size at which you think you can't have all the ministry staff in one meeting. Mm-hmm. Once you need a subset meeting... Um, then you're starting to get, once you've got sort of two-tiered line manager sort of things, Mm -hmm. you've got a unique set of problems uh, that need addressing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, At some point, um, the senior pastor can't develop excellent relationships with with everybody. Uh, And at some point, you do have to have two meetings. Like, it's a real problem Mm -hmm. that needs an actual solution. But... Everyone on staff still needs to have a voice somehow. And so working those things out, and everyone needs to have a sense of partnership. Uh, but the the sort of secular research in organisational behaviour, there's, there's indications there that if what you were to do as a senior pastor was foster, as a senior pastor, would, was to foster a sense of real partnership in the gospel between team members, that can substitute for having that sense of partnership with the senior pastor, mm-hmm. which doesn't mean you never say, how was your weekend? Or, But you can actually, you can afford to let them work in significant partnership with somebody else, and that'll probably carry it. Uh, now, it means when your staff team changes, you need to remember that that's what you did and that that staff person doesn't have a partner in ministry anymore, so mm-hmm. you need to keep your eye on that. But um, that seems to be a viable solution. Uh, for the really large staff team. And then if people can have their voice sort of through someone with whom they're in significant partnership, you might be able to make that work. Uh, I would say, though, for the senior pastor who can't develop a strong relationship with everybody, that that doesn't mean that he should just choose the men. Mm -hmm. I think the senior pastor needs to keep hearing a woman's voice somewhere in that that group that he's developing stronger relationships Mm -hmm. with. Yeah. Did you notice any kind of denominational trends? Uh, again, probably not a big enough sample to do it, but there are, and maybe not denomination, there are problems that are um, specific, I think, to the denomination that has elders uh, as opposed to your sort of Anglican senior minister. Mm-hmm. Also, I think parish council is quite different to elders, at yep. least at least it is uh, in Australia. No, it is. It definitely is. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if you're in a model where, where you've there's got a plurality of a male plurality elders. of all male elders, yeah. and you've got the all male elders meeting, uh, then well, you've got that same problem of the two tiers, really. The two tiers. Yeah, that's right. So if you're sort of if the if decisions get made in the all male elders meeting, then I think you've got a problem that needs a solution. Any suggestion? <laughs> oh, my suggestion would be to not have an all-male elders meeting. Um, so I, I think I look at the Bible and think, yeah, it looks to me like, like eldership is male, but I can't see the elders meeting in the New Testament. You can, we can have women in the room, let them have a voice, have influence without them having authority. Right. The truth is we do most of our complementarianism um, relationally, mm. not structurally. Yeah. And, and I think, I think the, 
we can trust complementarian women to be in the room and know when to speak and when to back down and submit to the blokes and still be there. So I, I think if I could wave a wand, I'd get rid of the all-male elders meeting. Um, but I understand there'll be theological convictions and hundreds of years of history to work against for some people in that. Right. Uh, but, but if you don't do that, well, then you do need to find another solution. For, he- for hearing her voice. For hearing, yeah. Yeah. For hearing women's voices and for, for letting staff, female staff on team feel like they're heard as well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You need to hear it and they need to feel heard. Yeah. Both of those things need to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where to now with all this research and you? Well, right here, Dominic. So um, uh, helping people to hear what I've found so far mm-hmm. um, So and and encouraging people to work through it and make some changes. Mm-hmm. That's the – that's where to. Have you – I mean, having done this work, I'm presuming – people have come to you and said i've got a problem have you got wisdom do you know is is that the case uh some yeah and and how have you gone at helping them oh not as well as i'd like to uh in truth by the time people tell me they've got a problem we're usually in the death spiral right so um getting this right is best done preventatively i think uh this would be the good sorts of things for uh, teams and senior pastors to think about when they don't have a problem so that they don't have a problem. Mm. And so, I, mean, I'm, yeah. I'm, I mean, and as you say, if we put that diagram back up again, I want to do ministry skills, I want to do strategy organisation, I want to do structures and roles, I want to do communication, conflict management and relational skills, and I want them to play into valuable contribution of the team members, a voice that's heard, and personal relationships yep. and and. That really is the basic building block for any staff team. Yeah, I, that this is a PhD is sort of hilarious, right? There's nothing massively complicated about it. Uh, first one to write it down gets a PhD. What it does, though, is it, it just turns it into really easy-to-understand, digestible chunks. Here's, mm-hmm. here's the checklist. If we do these things, it will probably go okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'd be encouraging people... I don't know, maybe you get that diagram out every well, and, every I mean, just, year and say, is that true for all my staff members? Is it the case that I am making sure that my staff members, yeah. as it, I think through them all, they're making valuable contributions? And they know they are. And they know they are. Yeah. And are they having a voice that is heard? And am I in personal relationship with them well? Yep. Yeah. Yep. And if you're not, have you because their staff team's too big, have you established someone that they're working with where they have those things? Yeah. Claire, thanks very much for coming in. Thanks, Dominic. And thank you for doing this research for all of us. Great. Claire Deves has been our guest, and uh, she is on the team at Callaroo Anglican Church in Perth, Western Australia, and uh, a lecturer in church history at uh, Trinity Theological College. You've been with us on The Pastor's Heart, and we will look forward to your company next Tuesday afternoon. Hey, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we would love it if you could hop over to the Apple Podcasts app and give us a rating and review. That helps us in the rankings and lets other people discover the pastor's heart. And again, if you are able to help us out by being a financial partner, go to our Patreon link, patreon.com slash the pastor's heart.